Hey, I'm Danae. And I'm Danielle. And we're the, the Double D's. And we are about to spill some tea. Hello. Hey, everybody. And welcome. Welcome. We are eating cake. It's very delicious. Coconut. Delicious cake. Mm-hmm. I love Weiss. They honestly have super good cake. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. this one. But, like, it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. And Cleo wants it really bad. So if you hear any snorts, it's because Cleo is eyeing up this piece of cake that's in my hand right now. It's just so, like... I don't know, like, the cake fluffy. is mm-hmm, very fluffy, and the icing is just very soft and mm-hmm. smooth and light. Yeah, it's very much like a like a Cool Whip kind of frosting. Yeah. It's definitely not buttercream, which... It's even this. lighter than Cool Whip, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's like a really light icing. Oh my gosh, it's so freaking good. Um, And it's got, like, coconut shavings on it. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff going for this cake. Oh. That's really good cake. And, actually, this is the cake that um, we used for one of our photo shoots. (gasps) Yes, the infamous photo shoot cake. Mm -hmm. So if you see any Instagram posts, so check out our Instagram, and if you see any Instagram posts, try and find this cake. See if you can find it. Go buy one yourself, because it's very tasty. It's really freaking good. Anyway, so enough about cake. Um... This episode, we just like to start off with a little disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little spooky. It is. Like, it's not, like, like haunted spooky, but it's, like, real-life scary. Real-life scary situations. Um, we're gonna read um, some stories from a subreddit called... Oh, wait, what was it called? Let's Not... Let's let, Not Meet. Let's Not Meet. Mm-hmm. So, it's a bunch of stories about just, like really creepy encounters with, like, other people. And, like, this is all stuff, supposedly, that actually happened. Happened, yeah. You know, as long as the people are telling the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, some of them were really intense. When we were, like, doing the research for this, I was, like, there was a couple of them that I'm like, no, we absolutely cannot read this. Yeah, I was definitely reading some that are just too graphic and real and triggering, like, Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, very, definitely close to home on some of them. Like, it's just too much. So, this is your warning now that if you get upset easily or you're just, like, a little scared or like, triggered by something. Yeah, maybe a little sensitive. A lot of, like, a lot of mine are, like, kind of, um, like, stalkerish mm-hmm. kind of vibes. So, if that's something that... Mine are basically the same way, honestly. Yeah, so if that's something that really bothers you, maybe skip this episode. Go listen to our Disney trivia episode if you haven't listened to that one. That one's way more wholesome, so you can check that one out. Um, But yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, you're going to love this episode. A lot of these stories are just so interesting. Like, just the details, and it's like you hear about this stuff, but it's very rare that you hear it from, like, a first-person point of view. Yeah. So, I was for sure a little scared reading them, but they're they're really good, and they definitely keep your attention. Some of these stories are pretty long, um, but... Danielle's I, are very long. 
Yeah. Those are very long. They're pretty long. But you will not be bored. Because usually when I am, like, doing research for stuff like this, if it's over, like, three paragraphs, I'm instantly bored. I'm like, it's not even worth reading. But these, I wanted to read every single one of them. Because they were, (laughs) they really do just catch your attention. Yeah. I mean, that's true. These are very interesting. Um, lots of stuff going on. Definitely lots of stalker type of stuff. So if that's upsetting to you or you don't want to hear it, go listen to one of our others, like we said, like the Disney trivia or wait till next week's. Um, Mm -hmm. but that is your warning. So you can't say we didn't warn you. But for those that are sticking around. For you (laughs) that are brave enough and feeling a little spooky today. (laughs) A little spooky. A little bit spooky. Starting Halloween off early. Mm -hmm. Um, Or for any of those people that voted in our um, this or that game. Oh yeah, shout out to you. If you voted scary stories, this episode is for you. Mm -hmm. If you voted funny stories, don't worry. We're coming for you. We'll get you some funny stories. This week is not that though. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it'll be really interesting. But anyways, Danae, how's your week? Like, what's going on in your life? Um, let's see. This week, what did I do? Oh my gosh, what did I do? Oh, Aunt Laura came to visit, so Mm -hmm. we were very occupied with her. Um, we had a 50th surprise birthday party for my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, shout out to him for turning 50. (laughs) It's a big milestone. He's mm-hmm. literally twice my age now. So Crazy. he, he uh, reached that point in his life, so good for him. He can still mm-hmm. see and walk, so that's I feel like that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, <laughs> and he he was fairly surprised, actually. Like I think that worked out really well for him. Yeah. And it was um, a struggle keeping it a surprise. Oh my sure. gosh. Especially for how long we had to keep it a surprise. Mm-hmm. That was a big struggle. But we yeah. did it. It was in the planning for like months. Oh yeah. It was a long time. But we did do it. And then um let's see, I worked on Monday. Tuesday I went down to camp or I went up to camp, I should say. Uh, which was very nice. It's actually the camp that my grandparents are at and they're there all the time. That's their second home for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's actually where my our parents met. Um, so romantic. So romantic. But we went up there to surprise my aunt Laura for her birthday. And yeah, it was just a it was a lot of fun. Just hanging out with family like a lot. Like that mm-hmm. was the main thing that we did most of the week was just hang out with family. Yeah. So that was nice and then working. What about you? What did you do? Um, let's see. What what did I do? Um, this past weekend I right, it was this past weekend that I painted my bathroom, right? Yes. Yeah, so I painted my bathroom. The the weeks honestly just like meld together and mm-hmm. I cannot keep track of what weeks are what. Um, but yeah, so I painted my bathroom. That was really exciting. So all the painting and stuff is in, done in there. I think all of the painting in my house is done for the mm-hmm. most part, like I feel like that's such an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty proud of it because we painted every single room because yeah. we're crazy. Um, so, yeah, I did that. We got some new stuff for the house, which was really cool. I got mm-hmm. this adorable mirror that I'm obsessed with. Very cute. Like a big, like, circle mirror. Um, 
but yeah, it's I love very that. aesthetically pleasing. Very aesthetic, yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, I also was at the birthday party, which was a lot of fun. Got to see so much family that I haven't seen in like forever. And yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And then I worked. Um, basically, my biggest thing is like I'm preparing to go to the beach with my husband this weekend. We have three whole days off together, which is crazy. Like we haven't had that much time alone together I think ever. I don't think we've ever been away for that long by ourselves. Yeah. So that'll be really fun. I'm so excited about it. It'll be nice for you. It'll be really, really nice. I'll um, be suffocating on Friday, but. Yeah, it's a little busy. At anything work on Friday. for you, Danielle. Anything for you. Danae's a real one. I appreciate her. That's okay. I know that one of these days she'll be returning the favor. So oh, for sure. I figured sure. might as well do it now. Yeah. You know? I think that's the beauty of, like, working together is we can take advantage of each other. I mean, honestly, <laughs> like, if any any patient or anyone else asks, like, how's working with your sister? Like, how does that work for you? Is that going well? Mm-hmm. They, I've been I working can... with her for a year now, and it goes great. And the first thing I tell them is, yeah, because we can just switch off work in days, any mm-hmm. day, any time we want to, yeah. and we make it work. And we also work well together. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And I... I appreciate it, too, because I feel like we, which, I mean, we would still be as close, but we definitely wouldn't hang out as much, I feel like, if we weren't working together. Oh, my gosh, no. And the thought of that makes me really sad. Oh, Yeah. So. A little sister moment it here. Means, <laughs> it means I get sweet. to spend more time with you, which is nice. Honestly, the amount of time we spend together in a week. Is, one, to record our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Two, to come up with the idea for our podcast. Yeah, you're over my house, like, almost every single night. All the time. <laughs> we work all Whether day it's together. for, like, a random party, a random get-together. Danielle mm-hmm. doesn't want to go shopping by herself. Yeah. I don't want to go shopping by myself. Yeah. We hang out a lot. Um, we basically see each other. She sees me more than she sees her husband, I think. Actually. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, we sleep together, but <laughs> I definitely spend more time with you. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. But that's okay. It's fine. It works out well. I know that sometimes we do get, like, we have moments where we're like, okay, let's just take a break from each other for a couple <laughs> days. But then I always notice that, like, as soon as we're done doing that, we just talk about crazy things there's like so much to catch up on it's like a non-stop just talking yeah and it could be we didn't see each other for two days and we're just talking about so much well that's how I feel like when we have weeks at work that we're not working together Mm -hmm. like when there's like a week that like I work in the morning you work in the afternoon or something like that yeah I feel like by the end of the week like there's so much that I have to tell you about oh yeah like there's so much tea and usually when you're not there like I'm texting you about stuff that's going on Uh, and I do the same thing yeah exactly (laughs) exactly. I'll be like guess who just came in today yeah (laughs) yeah. I haven't seen them in forever right right exactly exactly it's fun it is fun it's enjoyable yeah but yeah so that's Really, my week has just so far been, like, trying to catch up and mm-hmm. clean and, like, get stuff ready for this weekend. I desperately need to pack. I should have that, done that tonight, but we've been a little busy, so she's haven't done She's been helping me. Yeah. Because she's a trooper. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's really all, all that's going on in my life this week. Maybe we should get into the stories, because I think that they're going to be a little bit time-consuming. We only have each, I think, like, three or four. Yeah, so Danielle has a lot where she has, like, a ton of screenshots in them. Yeah. And I just wasn't finding stories that was 
stories that were uh, um, not like clean enough, but that were filtered enough maybe to put on here that would be okay, that wouldn't be too close to home or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find any stories that were long, as long as Danielle's that weren't too bad. So I have an extra one just in case, um, you know, Danielle's yeah. stories go on longer than we think or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. But yeah, so it's around like four is is basically what we're shooting for anyway. Okay. Um, do you want to go first since you have an extra one in case you use that one? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, are we saying the titles? Um, yeah, why not? Okay. So this one, the title is You Look Good. I'm already scared. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I've been running in these woods for as long as I can remember, but this might make me change my mind. The story began at around 6.30 p.m. I had finished eating and decided to go on a run as usual. I always use the same path across the street run for about a kilometer past the gate and go into the woods. Something important to note is that this trail is I use is in the forest and separated about halfway through. One path is paved and the other isn't. I usually go into the unpaved path first, then turn into the paved one after about three kilometers. So that one's kind of hard to follow, but I'm pretty sure what she's saying is half of it is paved and half of it isn't. Yeah. Um... Nothing ever really goes wrong. I meet some rare people walking their dogs, but other than that, I'm pretty alone. At least I thought I was. I've been running for a while. Now when I heard a notification come from my phone, an airdrop notification. Since I didn't want to make it look like I was worried, I kept running for a couple minutes and then stopped to change the music. I opened the airdrop airdrop that I received dreadfully. Who the heck was sending me stuff? I was pretty sure I was alone. I clicked on the drop and my heart sunk. It was a Snapchat picture of me running with the caption, You look good. I didn't turn around. Instead, I kept running like nothing happened until I reached a a certain point. You see, the forest is surrounded by a fence to stop children from coming in unsupervised. And I didn't like that rule when I was little, so my friends and I cut a hole in it. When I was aligned with that hole, I quickly turned and buried myself into the forest, aiming for my escape. I could hear ruffling behind me, and I still didn't turn back. When I finally reached the hole, I jumped through it and absolutely booked it to the fire station that was a couple streets down. The last thing I could hear when leaving the forest was an angry huff and metal meeting metal. What? I still don't know what it was or what they wanted from me, but I never ran to that forest again. So creepy, stalker guy, whoever you are, I truly hope we never meet. Oh my gosh. So I don't know if you understand, but like with airdrop, like you have to be in a proximity of that person. Right, right. Um, so that's, that's scary. (laughs) Cause she didn't, she thought she was alone. Right. And then all of a sudden she sees a picture of herself. You look good. That's terrifying. Yeah, that's creepy. Oh my gosh. Honestly, like, doing these stories will, like, they've made me not ever want to go anywhere alone again. You just have to be so observant. Yeah, and, like, it's scary to, like, even some of these are, like, happening in their own home. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be home, you know? Like, it's just, it makes you scared just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. It is scary. It's, It's scary to think about, like, anyone out there... You really, you really don't know. Like, there's even stories of, like, people, oh, like, I, I've known that guy for years, and he's been so nice. Or, oh, oh I've known that girl for years, and she would have never done something like that. Yeah. You don't, 
you don't, don't know, know people. people exactly like you and don't it's know like people. the other thing is like a lot of times like with different like assaults and stuff like that mm-hmm. it's almost always somebody that you know yeah so yeah it's like you can trust anyone yeah it's scary so freaking scary anyway your turn <laughs> okay so let's see should i do like a super long one to get it out of the way yeah, maybe we could, like, go back and forth, like, that was one of my shorter ones. Okay, so I'll do a long one. Okay. And then, yeah, okay. So I think this first one might actually be my longest one. Okay. But this one, okay, so it's called The Creepy Mountain Man. Okay. This one is, like, one of my worst fears, like, working where we do. Just, like, working oh, in great. general. Not necessarily, <laughs> like, where we are, specifically but just like working in general okay 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 all right so the creepy mountain man i was 17 at the time and i had just gotten my first job i lived in rural western virginia in a small mountain community my mom's friend owned a camping resort not far from my house that had a general store and she said that she'd pay me to help out in the store during the busy months in the summer it was a pretty easy job and i met a lot of -of out-of-towners which was nice because our community could get isolated. Most of us lived pretty far away from each other. One day, a big burly mountain man type came into the store. He was in his late 40s slash early 50s, probably six foot five and about 280 pounds. So this was this a big, big guy. dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looked dirty, like he worked outside a lot. His clothes were sort of tattered and he had a long beard. He bought some basic items, one of which was one of our homemade bars of soap. When he came to the register, he looked me up and down carefully. He didn't talk for a minute, just stared. His people skills clearly needed work. Did you make this soap? He asked gruffly. Possibly, I said. I help out with with that stuff sometimes. Make a lot of stuff on your own? Toiletries and things like that, yeah. I like that, he said, nodding to himself. I honestly did not know how to respond. I quickly rang up his items, and he paid with crumpled up money. Right before he left, he asked, You cook, too? Sometimes, I replied. But the boys around here are itching to marry you, he said as he smiled to himself. (sighs) I said nothing. I was puzzled as to what I said that stood out as wife material. I told Krista, which was my mom's friend slash my boss, about the bizarre encounter, and she laughed it off. So did my family and my friends. But then, Mountain Man started turning up more often. We chatted a little bit here and there, and I found out he had a cabin in the woods. He claimed that he built it with his bare hands. He said he hunted and lived off the land, other than the things he bought at the store. Over time, our chatter bought, or wait, lost my spot. Um, Over time, our chatter escalated, with him making comments about how nice it would be to have a woman like me around who could make those things and cook his kills. One time, he even said I had the birthing hips that men lust after. Oh my gosh. Shudder. (laughs) He even started inviting me to fish with him, hunt with him, see his place, etc. And I always politely declined, but he got more and more insistent, and I told Krista about how uncomfortable he was starting to make me. The intensity with which he said those things really scared me. She said that when he came in, go get her, and she would ring him up. Thanks to her, I started speaking to him less, and I thought I wouldn't have to deal with him anymore. But one night, I was closing up, and it was late, around 10 at night. Krista had left about an hour before, and I was leaving by myself. The only two cars in front of the store were an old blue pickup 
and mine. I was immediately alarmed because I knew that Mountain Man drove a blue pickup, but I didn't see him in the lot, just his car. So I walked quickly to my car and checked the back seat before I started her up. But then, when I first turned the key into the ignition, I got nothing but sputters. I tried several more times and got scared quickly. Of all nights, why is this happening tonight? I remember asking myself angrily. Just as I was reaching for my phone to call for help, there was a loud pounding on the driver's side window. I'm shocked that I didn't pee myself. <laughs> I didn't want to look because I knew it was him, but I did and my suspicions were confirmed. He smiled a big grin at me, showing me exactly which teeth were missing. <laughs> Need some help? He said loudly through the window. I shook my head furiously. My dad is on his way, I said, hoping to scare him off. I hadn't spoken to my dad in years. Mountain Man laughed. No, he's not, he said. Open the door. The hairs on my neck stood up straight. How did he know I was bluffing? No, I said firmly. Leave me alone. Suddenly, he looked angry. He pulled the handle, but I had locked all the doors when I first got in. He kept furious, furiously pulling the handle and started pounding on the window. Leave now or I'm calling the cops, I screamed at him. He clearly wasn't getting the message, so I pulled out my phone and called 911. I must have sounded hysterical to the dispatcher, and I knew she could hear him pounding. She said she would have officers out there ASAP, but out here, that could be a while. The cops are on their way. Leave now, I screamed at him, who didn't seem to let it deter him. But after a few more minutes of pounding, he suddenly stopped and walked back to his truck. I watched him go, hopeful that he would leave me alone. But then he started walking back toward me with a freaking crowbar <gasps> in hand. Oh my gosh. No, I screamed at him. Get the heck away from me. He started swinging at the driver's side window with a crowbar. I ducked down into the passenger seat on the floor and covered the back of my neck like they teach you in tornado drills. I heard the sickening crack of the window, but not for long. Suddenly, I heard male voices shouting, telling him to get away from the car. I sat up and saw two men approaching, one with a shotgun pointed at Mountain Man. I recognized them as a couple of guests staying at the resort for a camping trip. I breathed a sigh of relief and got out of the car, telling them that the police were on the way. I thanked them profusely as, he, as we waited for the police, and surprisingly, Mountain Man didn't make any moves to get away. But the cops came pretty quickly after that, so he didn't have much of a chance. They took him away, and I gave them my statement. I was pretty shaken up for a while afterwards. A few weeks later, I finally got the scoop on the man. Apparently, he had a history of mental illness. He had been in and out of state institutions. He really had been living in an old cabin in the woods where he wasn't taking his medication. They found a journal that he kept. Apparently, in it, he said he was lonely and wanted a wife. He mentioned me by name a lot. Stupid name tag. And Luke said there were a lot of lewd things in there about me. That he didn't want to share, but tried to put it simply by saying that he had a detailed plan to abduct me, starting with sabotaging my car engine to get me into a vul vulnerable position. When Luke said that, I nearly burst into tears thinking about how horribly that night could have gone if those two men hadn't come along. Thankfully, he has been put back into the state institution. With any luck, he'll stay there for good. Mountain man, let's not meet again. That's got my heart pumping. I know. Oh my god! I was like, and I was reading this at work, and I'm just thinking, like, all of the people, like, not that I think anybody, like, at work would, like, do anything, you know? Right. But you just think about, like, all the conversations, like, innocent conversations that you have with people. Yeah, yeah. And just, like, some of the weird interactions that yeah. you have with men sometimes. Yeah. And it's just, like... 
terrifying. And I mean, even with the office, like, sometimes just random people come in just yeah. because they're looking for an appointment. You don't know who's coming in. Yeah. Like, usually we have consistent patients that we've known for a long time, but sometimes you do get those random people that come in. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Oh, my It was, my like, gosh. so scary. And it's, like, stuff like that could happen to anyone, and it could seem, like... Like, he was being, like, a little bit creepy. Like, she knew yeah. that he was being creepy, but sometimes it could seem so innocent. Yeah. And, like, you don't know what anybody's intentions are. I mean, even in that situation, like, he had mental health issues, too. Yeah. And I feel like if there's a, a mental health problem and they're not on medications and stuff, that, yeah. could, that could, like, they're not in their right state of mind. That could right. lead to a lot of other serious issues as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, that one was a lot. It was... It was really intense. But I think before we go on to another one, we should take a quick break. Um, and then we'll get to your your next long one, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. Okay, Danae. Your turn. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, so the title of mine is Open the Door, Please Come Out. <laughs> Here we go. So the story happened a few years ago. I was in my early 20s and studying in Paris, France. Good for her. <laughs> I was going home from uni. I usually took a short bus ride and walk the rest of the way. That day, I felt slightly uncomfortable. I could sense some guy looking intensely at me. I was used to unpleasant, unsolicited gazes, but this time his gaze felt beastly. It's hard to explain mm. why, but I felt like I was prey being stalked. I decided to get off the bus a few stops early. I wanted to avoid him and didn't want him to see where I would usually get off. Like, Just like I learned in the movies, I waited until someone else pressed the stop button and waited until the last moment to stand up and leave. I didn't notice him getting off the bus. Just as I was feeling the relief of having escaped an uncomfortable situation, I looked over my shoulder and saw that there was a few there he was a few meters behind. What the heck? I had the distressing feeling that his eyes were just looking. I walked lost my place. I walked into a shop, took my phone, and pretended to be on on a call. When I couldn't see him anymore, I exited and made my way home as fast as I as fast as I could. I kept looking back in the busy street. I zigzagged across the street and over every crosswalk. Finally, I believed that him getting off at the same stop was maybe just a coincidence. When I reached my building, I looked back one last time, and there he was. His alarming gaze on me, smirking, and I ran up to my apartment. Climbing the stairs, four at a time, I reached the top floor, squeezed through my door, locked it, and froze. My intercom was ringing. Don't ask me why I picked it up. I regretted it the moment I did. I could hear the opposite flat intercom ringing as well. He had pressed all the buttons, one by one, hoping someone would open. But now he knew my name. Gabrielle! Oh, crap. I felt like a deer in the headlights, frozen. Open the door, please, said a pleading voice. I just want to talk to you. Somehow I couldn't move or speak. Come to the window, he added. Look at me. You'll see I am just a nice guy. Something clicked. He wanted to locate my apartment in the building. I was not going to make that mistake. I hung up in shock. I waited by the door without moving for what seemed like hours. When I finally managed to call myself, I called my long-distance boyfriend. <clears throat> Girl, call the cops! <laughs> <laughs> call the cops! 
Call the police, he said immediately. Yeah. Why didn't I call the police? I don't know. Today it would be the first thing I would do. The fear of making a big deal out of something not important, perhaps. What an idiot I was. I called my best friend instead. I didn't want to feel alone. I told her all about it, and after a while, I felt better and safe. We started laughing. Suddenly, the intercom rang again. Two hours had passed since I had come home. I answered. Gabrielle said the voice, open, please. <laughs> Curly. I still remember the chills I felt. He was still there. He was there the whole time. I was silent, petrified. He was silent, but I couldn't sense him. Gabrielle, let me in. I'm so thirsty, he said. Just give me a glass of water. This broke the tension. I hung up. Curled up in a corner, literally in a recovery position, terrified. I waited. I was scared to make a sound. I knew he couldn't hear me from the hall, but I was so scared to even breathe. The intercom rang again and again. I didn't answer this time. I crouched to the sofa and fell asleep in exhaustion. I heard the intercom ring one more time in the middle of the night. I woke up in the morning, afraid to leave my apartment. I called my dad, who came to pick me up. There was no one in the hall, but there was a note in my mailbox. Gabrielle, I am a nice guy. You should have opened to me. We immediately went to the nearest police station. The police listened and, of course, told me that I should not hesitate to call them. My dad called a locksmith to install a digit code on the building door the same day and wrote a message to each of my neighbors asking to not open the door to anyone they didn't expect. He sat in the cafe in the front of my building with two friends every evening for more than a week. I never saw the stalker again. After this episode, I used a different route to and from uni every day. I kept my phone tightly to my hand and looked back every few meters. Today, I'm still very observing of my surroundings. I never answer the door if I'm not expecting someone. So people, if you ever find yourself in a kind of uncomfortable situation, call the police. Don't be an idiot like me. Be safe, everyone. So freaking scary. That's so scary. And the fact that he found out her name... Oh my gosh, that makes it so much worse. It really does, because it's like... Just, like, hearing that? Oh my gosh, the thought of it gives me chills. Yeah, that's scary. The other thing is, like, wholesome dads. Mm -hmm. Like, him sitting in the cafe with his friends every single day. They were ready to go. (laughs) One of my... I forget which one it is, but one of my other stories also just talks about, like, a wholesome dad, and just, like, dads really... They just come Come through. through. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I think about that. If I was ever scared, like, if I was home alone or something like that, and, like, I was nervous or something, I would call dad. He would be over here, like, so freaking fast. Way faster than the police, I think. Mm -hmm. Somehow. Even though there's a police station right down the street, somehow dad would be here first. For sure. I mean, even... I don't know, like, dad's crazy. Yeah. So even when I was dating, like, my longer-distance boyfriend, (laughs) like, if I didn't answer the phone, he was ready to just start driving. Yeah. And hope to find me somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're on the go. They're ready. Protective dads. There's nothing more wholesome. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. All right, so do you want to do one of your shorter ones, then? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do one of my shorter ones. Okay. Okay, this one isn't as intense. This one's just, like, kind of a weird experience. Okay. All right. Surgical zombie smoke break. Oh, brother. (laughs) It's like, the title is like, what? (laughs) Okay. I have a lot of weird encounters outside my office on my smoke breaks, but I think this one takes the cake, even with how anticlimactic it was. Today, I was sitting on the wall outside my building, smoking and messing around on my phone. 
I'd probably been sitting there for about two minutes without looking up when I finally do and notice a guy on the corner about 20 feet away staring intently at me. He's hunched over facing me in the classic zombie pose wearing a huge large er, large coat, not a huge large coat, (laughs) a surgical mask and gloves. I didn't know how long he'd been standing there, but it was daytime and the area is relatively populated, so despite being the only people on the street, I wasn't too worried. I went back to looking at my phone, but kept discreetly glancing in his direction to see if he was still there. He didn't move or stop looking at me for probably another minute and a half, just sunken shoulders with his unblinking eyes pointed directly at me over his mask. Finally, I notice an older man walking towards us, and my cigarette is almost finished, so I assume worst comes to worst, this guy will be near if anything happens. I glance back at my phone and hear what I assume are the older man's footsteps approaching. Before I have a chance to look up, the surgical zombie is sitting within an inch of me on the wall. I'm a polite girl, so I gave give him a vague smile while my inner self and personal space are screaming at me to get up and leave. (laughs) He asks me for a cigarette, so I give him one, and he just continues to sit there with it unlit. I can't fight my manner, so I ask him if he needs a light, and he gives me a gloved double thumbs up and stares at me. I ask him if that meant he had one, to which he responds with another double thumbs up. I assume that was him saying he did, so I turn back to my phone, planning on taking one more drag before getting up to leave. He then says, yes, I need one. So I give him my lighter. He hands it back and I put my smoke out and stand up. He then begins laughing, like full belly laughing. I didn't really know how to respond, so I tell him to have a nice day and walk into my building. To be honest, I've never really had a fear of people, and I can't say this is the first time I've had someone done something like this. But the mask and the gloves really added to the absurdity of this situation. That's so strange. Just like weird. Some people yeah. are just they're just weird. That just gives like a really off vibe. Like they were going for an off vibe though. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That reminds me the other well, it was a couple weeks ago at this point, but Josh and I were we were just like walking around the neighborhood and since it was both of us, like I wasn't like that worried about it because like he was with me, you know. Um, but we noticed this guy in his front yard and like at first I kind of thought it was like an animatronic or something Mm -hmm. but he's just standing there like weirdly dancing like there's loud music and he's just like kind of slowly like very mechanically (laughs) like waving his arms just by himself in his front yard and Josh and I are like what the heck is this guy doing (laughs) and we just like we're just like okay and kept walking like trying to not make too much eye contact with him just because like I don't know you never know right people are weird and like what if he saw us making eye contact that's so I don't know like people are just freaking weird (laughs) that's funny I can't and even like I think it was yeah last night I was like sitting on my couch and in my living room like I can see to the front window in my house and I was just like laying on the couch on my phone and for some reason I look up and there's just this girl like she's standing on the sidewalk it's not like she's on my porch or anything but she's just standing there and like we make direct eye contact and it was like kind of dusk and it like freaked me out so then I look back at my phone and then I like got up like to pretend like I was gonna go do something and I like snuck into the front room to like look out the window again so like she couldn't see me and she was gone. 
That's but it was so just like strange. I mean, it was probably she was probably just out there like I don't know smoking or taking a walk or something. Yeah, it was just weird that we made direct eye, eye contact. contact. Yeah, that's really. It's weird. It's like if it were a man too, then I would be like really freaked, freaked out. out. But it was a yeah. chick. I was still like freaked, but it wasn't yeah. as bad, you know. I just like Ooh. you just have <laughs> weird experiences, and I feel like it's even worse like as a girl too. Yeah, it like is. those it's experiences tough. Yeah. are sometimes even more weird and creepy yeah no I agree 100% I'd be interested to like I might ask Josh when he comes home like if he's had any like weird like creepy experiences like that because like girls I feel like we have so many that we could talk about oh yeah yeah I don't know just I mean that's how it is though you know yeah like I feel like guys they they don't feel like they even have to look out as much whereas girls they're more observant so they're gonna be more observant to that yeah and we're more like scared (laughs) yeah exactly yeah uh right. so my next one is a little bit of a shorter one and it's called a car with no door handles Mm. so context I was 26 and I'm a lady I needed gas, and it was around 11 p.m. on a Saturday. I pulled into a busy gas station to fill my tank, except it was completely bare, not a car in sight. I also live in Alaska, and it was very cold. This night, maybe negative 10. Whew, that is very cold. (laughs) thanks. Tired after work, just wanting to get home. Usually, I start my pump and sit in my car due to the freezing cold, but this time, I had a weird feeling that I needed to stand by the pump, so I did. I just started pumping my gas when a little golden sedan pulled up right next to me. A guy got out and was and was feeling hypervigilant. Oh my gosh. Vigilant. There we go. I was feeling hypervigilant <laughs> for some reason. He started cleaning his completely clean windows. As he put back the squeegee, he started towards me. I felt like I wanted to run, but stayed calm and continued pumping. He asked me if I would help him out put windshield wiper fluid in his car because he ran out and he doesn't know how to open the hood. I laughed it off and took and told him, I don't know either, which was a lie. He kept, Smart girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He kept getting closer and closer to me while I was trying while he was trying to lure me to his car by saying there's something under his seat or he couldn't reach it because he's too big or something like that. Now, I'm 5'2 and petite. This man was large and scruffy. Think Alaska wilderness, dude. (laughs) At this point, I'm freaking out and hit the call button on the pump. He took a step back and started to go back to his car. I thought I was being smart. My gas is almost done. I looked in his car when I noticed the inside of the door handles had no handles except mm. for the driver door. That freaked me out. Yeah. I was putting the pump back and opened my door as he was right behind me, slammed my door shut, and yelled, you're coming with me. <gasps> Obviously, I refused and was petrified. He grabbed my arm and slammed me up against my car. I elbowed him as hard as I could and started to scream at the top of my lungs. Thank God for the gas attendant with a big blank gun that night because if not for him I don't know what would have happened the attendant pulled the video and we made a police report I called immediately after that guy took off and I've never heard anything else about it I just hope he didn't get some other girl alone so to the guy with no door handles let's not meet again oh my gosh yeah that makes me super free that's why I don't go to gas stations alone by myself at night well yeah and the other thing is like I feel like normally at a gas station, like, I feel 
safe because it's like it's so lit like there's yeah. the keep there's like the gas attendant inside like mm-hmm. who's stupid enough to try something no but that's terrifying because honestly yeah. if the gas attendant like didn't see or is that, it like paying attention yeah. or something like that like she could have been oh my gone. gosh that's so scary. And it's almost like this guy had done it before because his door handles were literally gone. Yeah, like he had planned mm-hmm. this. Like he knew what he was doing. That's terrifying. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Man, we shouldn't have done this one. Now I'm scared. <laughs> oh, no. You'll be oh fine. Gosh. It's fine. <laughs> no big deal. Just don't go anywhere by yourself. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> okay. So my next one is called Dr. Ramsey. Is this a longer one? Yeah, this is a long going one, because I just did short one. All right. Uh, Dr. Ramsey stalks an entire family. Okay. A week or so before my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On my way home, a man I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. Hi, he said cheerfully. My name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? I walked along silently, not replying, and fervently hoping he would take that as a sign he should leave me alone. Subtleties were not his strong suit, though, because he kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course, you're almost a big girl now. You'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? Creepy. That's okay, though. They can still bring you to me until then. What's your name? You have a be- you have beautiful hair. I was just on my way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house, so I ran forward up the back steps and into, into through the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but that was the beginning of a very long, very scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. At first, it seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said maybe it was on his way home from work, but then the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room and sat me down. He asked about the day Dr. Ramsey followed me home, and if I talked to him. He said I wasn't in trouble, but that I needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked if I was sure. Could I be forgetting something? I told him no again, and he frowned, then asked, then how does he know your name? I didn't know. It turns out that was not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister or I were allowed to answer the phone. He called several times a day. At first, neither of us knew what he was saying. Then, one night, one of my brothers told us he was telling my parents that he was going to hurt me, and later, my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police, but as this was before there were any stalking laws, there was not a lot they could do. They told my parents to call back if he tried anything. My dad then called a friend of his from back in the day, who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came screeching to a halt. I couldn't walk to school any alone. I couldn't play outside. I couldn't walk to Super America, which was sort of like a 7-Eleven, for those who don't know. Then, one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers, my mom, and I were in the kitchen. One of my brothers saw a glimpse of someone in the garage. They'd seen him, too. Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage, my brothers chasing after him. They ran all the way to Cherokee Park, where he lost them in the trees. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information they had was a description and a name that was almost certainly fake. A couple weeks later, we woke to find our dog hanging from the side porch. (gasps) She was a gorgeous saddleback German shepherd, born the same day I was. We were all devastated. 
The cops said there was no evidence it was him and ruled it accidental, but none of us believed that. Oh my god. His phone calls became more informative in the meantime. He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brother would say my dad was home, he would tell him who was really in the house. He also would talk about the house itself, about the window in the kitchen he could easily open with a knife from the outside, even when it was locked, and about the French doors that connected the living room to the side porch and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if you jiggled it just right. That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails at the bottom of the French doors <gasps> until he could get a new lock ordered. My parents had to go to a company event for my dad's work. My older brothers were at Saints West Roller Skating Rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend. My little brother was on the floor asleep. I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack. It was late. Suddenly, the top of the French door swung inward, and in the few milliseconds before the nails in the bottom caused them to snap back, I could see his silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television, and we ran upstairs. About halfway up, we realized our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. As quietly as we could, we slipped back down the stairs to get him. We all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on the light. This way, we could still see outside. We watched out the window for a while, and when we didn't find him, we crept down the hall to our brother's room to look. We looked down and could see someone standing at the back door. He knocked loudly. What do you want, my sister asked out the window. He stepped back and said, is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza delivery for you. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring she was not stupid. She could see he didn't have a pizza and she was calling the cops. He left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what happened and they walked around the yard watching for him. They came back in and things settled down. By now we'd pretty much given up calling the cops because it never helped. So we just went back in, each of us, except my youngest brother still asleep, carrying a knife from the kitchen just in case. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know that sensation when you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen, through the doorway into the dining room, at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could still feel eyes on him. So he went closer to the door to try to see better. The kitchen lights were reflecting on the windows of the door. It had three rows of three windows, so he still couldn't see. He stepped closer, then closer again, until he was right up to the door, then cupped his hands on either side of his head so he could see. There, on the other side of the window pane, was Dr. Ramsey, smiling back at him. He turned to yell for my older brothers, and when he looked back again, he was gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this one's so intense. They went out again to look for him, but didn't see him. A couple of weeks later, I was at school, and we were outside on the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw that, <clears throat> that now-familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. He called my name, and I ran to the teacher and told her. The school had been told all about him, and she took me inside right away and called my mom. That same day, my mom had gotten a call from the school office asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up, as he'd called to say he was on his way. He wasn't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not long after that, I woke up one night, thirsty. I went down to the kitchen for a drink, and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table, a gun. He was tired of the police waiting until Dr. Ramsey tried something. He was tired of his children being terrorized. He was tired of being afraid every time he left for work that something would happen to us while he was gone. I sat with him for a while, watching, before he sent me back to bed. These events and many more took place over a period of around 18 months. Then, as suddenly as it began, 
It was over. He had vanished from our lives. The phone calls, the drive-by with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time, during and after the Dr. Ramsey days, I would have a re reoccurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took a long time before I felt like a kid again. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he was in a car wreck, locked in prison, in a coma, but sometimes I wonder if the wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in the darkened kitchen one night. I don't know, and I'm not sure I want to. Oh my That gosh, one just gives so me scary. full body chills. Like, absolutely so terrifying. Scary. The only thing that, like, I could think about, though, like, not as intense, but with that story, is you ever see, um, the, like, the cameras, the home security cameras? Mm -hmm. They're easily hacked, and, like, people can, like, talk through them. Oh my gosh. And there's, like, a video of, like, this one guy just, like, because the camera's in, like, this little girl's room, and he's mm -hmm. just talking to this little girl. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Josh and I were just talking the other day about, like, in-home cameras, and, like, now I don't want it. Mm -mm. Because, like, I feel like they could be hacked easily, and I don't want someone, like, watching and, like, seeing inside our house. No, yeah. Yeah, that's just not cool at yeah. all. No. <sighs> I don't like it. It's mm. so scary. There are some scary people out there. Oh my gosh, literally. <laughs> I feel like we need, like, some wholesome content at the end of this because this is we'll intense. We'll figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your right. turn. Yes, so mine is called Florida Woman Crawled Out of My Hotel Mirror to Rob Me. What? <laughs> yeah, okay, so get ready for this one. So, this past Monday, my coworkers and I returned to our hotel from a day of work out in the field. Rebecca and I walked to our rooms, and we stood outside our rooms. I opened mine, and I saw someone in the bathroom. I said, hello? Nobody answered. My first instinct was that it was a cleaning lady in there for some reason. And then I saw my bag with my clothes in her hands. Oh. I said to my coworker, there's a woman in my room. Then I asked the woman, what are you doing with my stuff? It gets a little fuzzy here because I can't remember everything I said and what she said, but she kept mumbling about her key still still worked or something, how it still worked, and that's how she got in. What? <laughs> yeah. I was in shock, and she was obviously very flustered, having been caught mid-robbery. <laughs> she dropped my bags and fumbled around with her purse and a white plastic bag. By this time, my coworker was behind me watching all the insanity unfold. This woman was scrambling and walking towards the door, and I said, what's in the bag? Thinking it is probably my stuff. And she said, no, no, no. It's just my things. It's just my things. I'll show you. And so she did. I looked, and I didn't see anything of mine. And so, since I'm obviously in shock at this time, I let her leave. I went into my room, and it's been ransacked. I did a quick look around to see if anything had been taken. All of my electronics were still there. Then I went into the bathroom and I saw my underwear, my bikini, and my clothes shoved into my own bags randomly. Even my passport was shoved in there. Then I looked on the counter and I saw that she got into my medication. I'm not sure what what was going through my head at that moment other than I wanted it back. So I ran out the door to go find her. I ran to the laundry room downstairs and out the sides of the hotel and didn't see her. I realized I was never going to find her. So my coworker and I went down to the lobby to tell them what had happened. And then we called the police. 
I went back up to my room to wait and noticed that there is a metal bat on my bed, a little larger than one of those novelty wooden bats you could get at a baseball game. But there's also a flashlight on the end. She must have left it behind in her hurry. She also left behind a necklace that must have fallen out of her bag when she was scrambling through mine. I was mostly freaking out at this point because I thought she had gotten away with my medication that I need. The police got there and took our statement and looked around the room as well. One thing that I noticed was that there was bits of drywall in the sink. And I pointed that out to the cops, but none of us really knew where it came from. We started looking at the door and the windows to see if she pried her way in somehow, but there was nothing. So we kind of just went with the idea that she had a spare key or something, even though the front desk was adamant that there's no way that could be. The officer that came brought two more officers as backup because they thought the woman might still be in the vicinity. But after our statements were taken, there was nothing else that they could really do, so they left. I sat down to finally make some calls to tell people, and as I'm on the phone, I'm thinking about that drywall in the sink, and I still didn't make any sense. So, I'm on the phone, looking and looking at the drywall, and on the mirror, let me rephrase that. I'm on the phone and looking at the drywall and the mirror on the wall right above it. And then it hit me. I got my coworker and asked her to help me pull out the mirror on the wall. And we took the mirror down and there's this hole. There's just big enough for a desperate junkie to squeeze through. I asked Brian and Rebecca if I should call the cops again to let them know that I had found this. And my boss said, there's still two cop cars out in the parking lot. So I went down to tell them, and the female cop kind of rolled her eyes. But the young guy said, I'll come back up and check. They both came back up, looked in the hole, and found a pillow, blankets, <gasps> cigarettes, clothing, and toothbrushes. Oh my gosh. This woman had been living in the wall behind my mirror for God knows how long. What? She had access to me and my room at all times. I know it might be hard to picture, but there was a crawl space about two feet wide in between the two rows of rooms. One of the officers called the original officer to come back and take pictures of this. She explained to him what's going on, and all I hear over the radio is, No freaking way! <laughs> he comes back, takes pictures, pictures, and just as mind-blown as the rest of us. Obviously, we packed up and left immediately. What's even crazier is she has probably been there for a long time. The last time we stayed at this hotel, I would randomly smell cigarette smoke, and I assumed someone was smoking in their bathroom, and it was traveling through the vents. But nope, a junkie was smoking just on the other side of my mirror. Oh my gosh. She had access to other rooms as well. The holes in the walls were from a renovation, and the hotel hadn't properly patched and just covered it up with mirrors. She could have been hanging out in other people's people's rooms when they were gone. Anyway, this was insane, and I'm taking a little time off. <laughs> uh, yeah, you deserve time off. <laughs> that's that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, so I actually have a photo. She put a photo. Um, obviously you guys can't see it, oh but gosh. I'm showing it to Danielle, and there's... We could post it on our Instagram stories. Yeah, we could yeah, put it on our Instagram photos. Yeah, so um, be sure you're following our Instagram at the Double D's podcast. Yeah, because... 
That was insane. That's crazy. Like, that's really crazy. I mean, that's kind of the hotel's fault, though. They just, they didn't patch the walls back up. They're like, let's just slap a mirror on it. It's fine. But also, like, how did that lady, like, know about that? Do you think she maybe worked at the hotel at one point and, like, knew that? That's a good point. Who is going to think to pull out the mirror to see what's behind it? Yeah, that's true. You know? That is true. I don't know. That's crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) Okay, so my last one is called Have We Met Already? It's Friday night at around 8.45 p.m. The little one's in bed, and I'm chilling with some friends online gaming. There's a loud bang, and I'm instantly freaking out due to having my home, my safe place, invaded by some creeper twice in the past three months. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I turn the volume on my computer down, trying my best to come up with excuses. Oh, it was the neighbors doing something. Who in their right minds would try to break into my house when they can see that I'm awake? Front, outdoor light on, lounge light on. It's quiet for a while, so I return to playing the game and talking to my friends. That's when I hear rustling. I think it's coming from the game, despite the volume being super low. But to be on the safe side, I turn the sound on the computer off completely. The rustling's still there. At this point, I think it might be that annoying pest possum. The banging could have been it jumping onto the garage roof, and now it was snuffling around outside the leaves, searching for some food. As I said earlier, who would try to trespass when they could clearly see someone was home? If they did trespass, why would they be doing so so loudly? I want to say it put me at ease, but it didn't. Fast forward half an hour, and the noises have stopped, and my cat's begging me to be let outside. Little stinker. I love him, really. I hate opening doors, curtains, or windows at night. Paranoia at its finest. But tonight, I had a reason to be paranoid, at least. I kept the chain lock on the door and let the fat fuzzball squeeze out and had a bit of a peek through the crack, seeing if anything was amiss on my front lawn. Nothing out of the ordinary. So I lock the door and head back to the lounge. Five minutes later, someone tries the door handle. Finding it locked, I hear a laugh, and they start scratching on the glass as I frantically grab my phone and call the police. Whoever it was had left by the time they answered the phone, and the police couldn't find evidence that anyone had been on the property. They did a sweep of the neighborhood, but couldn't find anyone on the streets either. Whoever you are, I'd say let's not meet, but I'm pretty sure you're the same person who came the other two times, and I'm fairly certain that that person is my ex. So, Mr. X, if it is you, smile for the cameras next time you come around. They just arrived in my mailbox. <gasps> that's, okay, that's just a whole other level. That's so <laughs> creepy. And, like, that's, like, how we were talking about, like, how most of the time it's, like, someone you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, your ex terrorizing you? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. That's terrifying. People are just, some people are just wild. Honestly, I do want to read the, like, last little one that I had. Um, It's really, really short. Yeah. Um, But this is just kind of crazy. Um, So, to whoever was in my car with me last night. I'm currently living in my SUV right now, and last night, around 12 a.m., I parked in a Walmart parking lot to sleep. It was one of the worst days I've had in a long time, and I was absolutely exhausted. So when I got into the back of my SUV, I fell asleep right away, unfortunately forgetting to lock my doors. Oh, no. I've always been a very light sleeper, and I'm thankful I am because somehow I woke up, turned around in my makeshift bed to face whoever was now sitting in the driver's seat of my car looking directly at me. (gasps) 
This where the story somehow gets kind of funny because I was so tired and in such a daze, all I did was continue to shake my head back and forth and say no (laughs) while reaching across the person's lap and opening the door for them and gesturing for them to leave. (laughs) Nuh-uh. And that is why the title of this story is to whoever was in my car with me last night. Thank you for getting out and leaving without saying or doing anything else but walking away. (laughs) But I do hope we never meet again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Could you imagine like this guy's like, oh, I'm going to steal this person's car. And he's just sitting there like, oh crap, there's a person back there. What do I do now? And then the person just wakes up and goes, no. (laughs) Not today. the door for (laughs) you. Get out. And he's like, leave. Leave. (laughs) Please see your way out. At that point, he's like, you know, right. yeah, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> you're fine. You've had a rough day, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's, if you're living in your car, there might not be anything worth <laughs> stealing in here. <laughs> it was really funny. Oh my god, that's crazy. That's so scary. Oh, uh, it's just a scary freaking world out there. It is. It is. Oh my gosh, but thank God for wholesome dads, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and another thing too is just like the amount of wholesome men, too, that were in these stories. Yeah. Like, the guys that, like, saved that girl when, like, Mountain Man was attacking her. Yeah, the gas um, attendant. The gas attendant. The yeah. yeah, the dad that was sitting at the table at night, like, with a gun because the cops weren't doing anything, like... Good on you, men. Yeah. Any men that, like, will go out of their way to protect a woman, like... Or you even another you. man, like, good for you. Yeah. We're proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out good men. <laughs> we we appreciate good men. Yes. Janae and I talk about that sometimes at work, just about, like, different people that, like, would protect us. Yeah. Danielle literally said to me today, as yeah. two patients left, she's like, they'd protect us. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were reading these stories and freaking out, and I'm just like, if anything weird ever happened, like, who, who would protect us? Who would help us? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> so good old, we appreciate wholesome men mm-hmm. love them mm-hmm. just like my cute husband okay well <laughs> I'm glad you love him that's a yeah. good thing <laughs> anyways well I'm sorry that this has been so terrifying yeah I hope that you're not traumatized forever <laughs> or listening to this at night or while you're alone yeah we probably should have added that in the disclaimer like do not listen to this if you are alone <laughs> Don't or if it's night if you're alone. do it in the daytime like with friends be smart <laughs> yes that is thing that is like one of the big things is like just always be observant and like mm-hmm. never be afraid to make a big deal out of a situation. If someone is being creepy, oh yeah, tell somebody. Call yeah. the cops. Like, yeah. do not hesitate. Or even like if you are like in a store or something and somebody's just being weird, like make yourself known and very yeah. present so that other people know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Talk to people. Like, uh, report them. Like, yeah. talk to supervisors, managers, whatever. Yeah. Like, make sure that like. You make people aware because you never know you know and like I understand like the not wanting to make a big deal about something like that that would be me but like at the same time like this is your safety in the well long yeah run. this exactly. could be your life in the long yeah run. yeah because so. you just like you can't trust anybody Mm-mm. you gotta you know? be very careful in the world nowadays for sure yeah. 
just so sad. So, anyways, on that on that note, on that very sad, scary note. <laughs> so sorry. Um, maybe next week we'll have something uh a little more lighthearted, maybe yeah. a little bit uh funnier for you people who like funny stories. Just very light and fluffy, like the cake we had earlier. <laughs> yes, light and fluffy like our cake. <laughs> so we'll work on that for you. <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, I hope you all have a good weekend. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. We were told that many times today. Yes, yes, by all the wholesome men. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Be safe. Make wise decisions. Yes, yes. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Watch out for those checkpoints. (laughs) Don't be drinking. No drinking and driving. Uh uh We Uh -uh. don't approve of that. We do not condone it. No, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. And be safe. Watch out. For other people and always observe your surroundings. Have fun! Yeah, have fun! <laughs> Don't be too scared. <laughs> Don't be too scared after we just told you these stories. Oh my god. You'll gosh. be fine. Okay, we need to we need to end Got this. It. <laughs> We're out. Alright, goodbye Bye. everybody. See you next week.